following show is for comedy only and is purely for the sake of entertainment. The stories, characters, and people affiliated with this show talk about hypothetical situations for laughs. Listener discretion advised. San Quentin, what good do you think you do? Do you think I'll be different when you're through? my heart and mind and you warp my soul your stone walls turn my blood a little cold San Quentin may you rot and burn in hell so I'm here with the uh, the brilliant Josh Smith is it Josh or Joshua what do you prefer Oh, either one's fine with me, man. Most people call me Joshua. Uh, my, you know, that's what my mom named me, but I, I go by whatever anybody wants to call me. I don't care. Okay. Well, Joshua, you got some problems lately, man. What's going on? Oh, man. You know, it's it's not really lately. It's something that's been kind of going on for like four or five years. You know, when I, when I decided I was going to try and be the chair of the Libertarian Party, uh, you know, you think – you think that the enemies of the Libertarian Party are going to be the Republicans or the Democrats or maybe even some of the Greens and obviously like tankies and, and commies and stuff like that. And then yeah. uh, you start, you, you get going and you realize your biggest enemies are other Libertarians, right? There are other people in the party. And um, there was people who, who saw that I was becoming successful as like a no-name person, right? I'm just a blue-collar working class uh, uh, maintenance guy from the West Coast. And I was, I was making a name for myself. I I, you know, traveled to 24 states in 2018 while I was running for chairman. I shook hands all over the country and I was doing really well. And these people didn't like that. They didn't want to see me as the next chair. So instead of, you know, attacking my policies or the things that I wanted to do with the party, they um, they immediately started trying to make it all about personal stuff. And, and I could pinpoint when it happened. Um, you know, 2018, I was running against uh, uh, Nicholas Sarwark, obviously, who was the, the incumbent chair. And then another woman named Alicia Dern. And if you're not familiar with Dern, she ran for vice president in 2016 uh, to try and get the nomination with the Libertarian Party. Um, she actually was going to be Austin Peterson's running mate. And she made some backroom deals and stepped down and endorsed Bill Weld. So she kind of pushed Bill Weld on the party. And there was a bunch of other shady things. People were called her Dern Code, this and that, and this and that. Well, her and her little team had come to me and they're like, hey, we want to work with you on taking Nico Star Wars out. And I'm like, look, I'm running a clean campaign by myself. You know, I, I, I'm doing really well. I don't think I want to work with another chair candidate against another chair candidate, you know. And uh, and then they, they were kind of upset about that. And then they came to me again a couple weeks later and they, they explicitly told me, hey, we want to start a, a Me Too movement within the Libertarian Party to kind of root out some you know, uh, I don't know, sexual predators or whatever. And I was like, I don't really know any sexual predators in the Libertarian Party. Uh, I don't think that's something I want to be a part of. You know, I, I feel like some things can get dragged in that may not be true here and there. And I just don't want to be a part of anything that I, I'm not personally a part of. And they got really mad at me. And then two weeks later, I get a text message from uh, Alicia Jern's manager. I'm in Texas at the state convention there speaking. And I get, a, I get a message from her campaign manager. Hey, some stuff coming out that you did something to a woman at a at a state convention in Washington, at your home state convention. And I'm like, what the, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's just not, you know, this isn't something that happened. And they they tried to like run their whole campaign against me. And um, fortunately enough, I had some text messages and a lot of like proof that what they were saying was lies. And so I actually ended up uh, putting out an article responding to these allegations. Um, and I dropped all these screenshots of text messages and stuff. And I just totally BTFO'd them, right? Like, I mean, into the ground to the point where it was like, 
you guys have nothing else to argue. And they had to issue public apologies. And in fact, the, the, the publication that I went through when I put out that statement uh, was also where they, they had to put their public apologies. So um, that was kind of like where it started, where these people started kind of attacking me personally. And uh, the, their little group of people grew and they had like some secret Facebook pages where they would conspire to, to try and take me down. And, you know, they started digging into my, my life and my, you know, I've been through the family law system you know, I have two kids. I had two kids. I have three now. We had a, my girlfriend and I had a, a, a very healthy young man on New Year's Eve. But, um, and they started going after, you know, my situation with family law. And, and, and it, it culminated all the way through my campaign in 2020, where they actually uh, reached out to my daughter, my, my 16 year old daughter, and started bribing her with things. She was in this really bad situation. I was trying to get custody. Um, and, and she was like basically essentially living in a car with her two siblings and a, a mother who was kind of not really there and out doing, you know, drugs and this and that. And, um, they reached out to her and started bribing her with money and, and a phone to like make a statement against me. And she did. And, and fortunately enough for me, I was able to get custody, uh, in October. So like three months after the convention, but, um, I mean, this, these people are disgusting, horrible, vile people in our own party. And they know that, uh, should I become chair, I'm going to grow the party with people that they don't like. And so they've, they've really... They've done everything they can to try and attack me and anybody like me, people like Dave Smith. And um, I mean, there's so much more to this, but it, you know, it is, it, 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 there are these blue pill libertarians that, um, you know, they, they kind of fall in justice to this SJW woke Olympics style libertarianism that really takes away from the fact that uh, all these problems that people face in the United States today, uh, they face because of the government that they keep asking for more of. And right. um, so, well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Now we got we got this Richie Castaldo asshole running around online calling me a sexual predator with absolutely no proof. I mean, there's never that's not even an allegation that I've ever dealt with before. And he's coming out of the blue saying this. And so what do we do? We dig into his past and find out that he's actually been arrested and man, convicted for uh, lewd acts in front of a minor. It, you know, and he tried to give this story that, uh, well, I, I leave my windows open because you know, there's trees outside my windows and this, this, you know, minor was peeping into my window and lurking into my window. It's like, no, right, you don't right. get arrested and charged and convicted uh, for, for other people going in your window. You did this purposely knowing that you had a minor watching you and that's why you were arrested and convicted. And um, so, so, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, the projection from him and then, uh, you know, this is the same old, same old crowd of people that have been trying to tarnish my name. But the, the problem is, is they haven't just, tarnish my name politically i mean they've really tried to go after me to a point where it's it's affected my family life it's affected my my career stuff like that and it's like it's like this isn't about politics anymore this is a personal thing um and you guys have done this for long enough and and now you fucking nerds i'm coming for you you know what i mean and, it's, <laughs> and then and then of course there's there's other libertarians that are like oh no you can't do it that way you're not allowed to do it that way and i'm like okay give me another option Show me the other option. What is it? Just let them keep doing it until I lose my job, until my, my girlfriend leaves me, until I lose my kids. What, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? Am I just supposed to walk away from the, the, the mission that I've been on for the last five years of growing the liberty movement? No, fuck you. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. It's war, right? Like in, in the words of Breitbart, fucking war. You know, and so if you guys want to keep attacking me, you want to keep coming at me, well, fuck it. Let's do it. You know, and so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at now. It's it's not. I'm not going to, you know, just keep taking it on the chin. I'm going to, I'm going to fight back. And um, if, if you have a problem with that and you want to defend these, these horrible, horrible, vile people, then fuck you too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I saw that tweet today. Um, we, uh, at least, at least for me, I, I just got into uh, Twitter when I got zucked from Instagram 
um, I think it was like a, sometime in November or something. So I was very unfamiliar, I think, with a lot of other uh, members of the Liberty community um, who, who are unfamiliar with this, this blue pill, um, I don't know, disease. Is that an, is that a, I mean, I don't know if that's a bit too harsh. It's definitely, I mean, maybe... it's definitely a tumor on the liberty <laughs> movement for sure. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And so for me, I, I, my first exposure was Archie uh, and he was going after Dave Smith building his case uh, saying he was racist. And uh, then it, uh, I mean, it just ramped up from there and until finally we're, we're, we're here with you uh, suing uh, several people. I, I don't, I don't remember um, the exact people. Cato, did you find that list? of people i've not yet no okay. i mean i can name these people we're talking like risa willis who i dated briefly for two months and then she went on a three-year tirade trying to tell everyone that i was abusive but there's no proof of that in fact the police showed up the night that she that's in question and, and you know gingerly gave me a ride to a hotel because i didn't want to press charges i mean the, the cops don't do that you know what i mean like right. if you if you if you're abusive and beating up a woman they're gonna arrest you especially this was in dallas texas i mean come on and uh uh, Angela Fisher Owens and, and Ethan Owens, Angela Fisher Owens was uh, Alicia Dernkoat's um, uh, campaign manager in 2018. She was the one that kind of really started all this. She was kind of the, uh, the head of all this stuff. And um, she's also the one that like personally reached out to my children and tried to, they, my current girlfriend, they, you know, we had a little spat for about three weeks back in uh, shoot June, maybe, or a little bit before. And they actually reached out to her and tried to get her to leave me while she was pregnant. Uh, you know, so that they had a story to spend that I was abandoning my pregnant girlfriend, which is bullshit. And, um, uh, we got Richie Casaldo, obviously there's also Christopher Alderson who uh, runs the leading Liberty page on Twitter and Facebook. He's a complete spurg and, and piece of shit. And, uh, He's, you know, he's, he's really spread a lot of these rumors around too. And so um, there's a good list of people out there. And, and at some point they're all going to have to, you know, face the consequences of their actions. You don't, you don't run around trying to spin rumors about people the way they do and, and just expect to keep going. Right. Um, you know, the, the so, big one I've seen recently, I mean, obviously uh, Richie Castaldo, uh, like what's, what's the history there with him? So the funny thing about Richie is he was running for Congress in 2018 and he reached out to me. He's like, Hey, you know, he was part, he was a member of the Mises caucus and he reached really? out to me and he's like, Hey man. Yeah. He reached out to me and he's like, Hey man, uh, do you think you could um, endorse my campaign? And I went and re read his stuff. He was pro-life. He was, you know, he was, uh, he was very uh, Mises based. I mean, really his thing was pretty Mises based. And um, so I was like, yeah, dude, I'd love to endorse you. And I was doing like these uh, weekly endorsements for candidates while I was running for chair. And so I put out a nice endorsement of him. I thought he was, I, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. Um, I couldn't remember if I had met him at the Oklahoma State Convention or not. I, I've since found out that he wasn't there. Uh, and uh, sometime in 2000, and, I, it was before this last presidential election, probably 2019, um, you know, he was in the Mises group and he started he started really simping for Bill Weld in the group. He's like, you know, we really need to give Bill Weld a chance and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, hey, dude, this caucus was started in like direct defiance of Bill Weld and the Blue Pill Libertarians. Like that's why this caucus exists. You know what I mean? Uh, after the 2016 election, a bunch of libertarians were like, we can't let the libertarian divulge into this crap anymore, you know? And, and uh, so he kept doing it, kept doing it, kept posting about Bill Weld in the group. And finally they were like, all right, that's it goodbye and they kicked him out okay. you know and, and it's like what did you expect and he immediately went on this 
this tirade against the, the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus and me. And like I had tried to talk, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty reasonable guy, you know, until you make me fucking unreasonable, then I'm, I, then I'm unreasonable. But I, I've been I, I'm pretty reasonable. And I had tried to reach out to Richie and be like, dude, what's going on? You know, chill out. You know, this this caucus doesn't care about Bill Weld. In fact, they want the party to be less like Bill Weld. Like, that's the whole point. And uh, then all of a sudden he started calling me a racist and shit. And I'm like, dude, I'm, first of all, you know, you're calling a half Israeli guy a Nazi. I mean, don't you think that's a little ridiculous, <laughs> you know? And uh, and he kept going, kept going, kept going. And then he disappeared for a while. And then he'd pop up on like random posts of mine just talking shit. And, uh, you know, I kind of really never gave it any credence until the last couple months where he started actually calling me a sexual predator, like, and a financial predator. I've been working since I was nine years old. I had two paper routes when I was nine years old. I was on the cover of the the... the the newspaper in my hometown for being like the youngest kid with two with dual paper routes. I've been working my whole life. What kind of financial terror, like financial predator do you think I am? And, and show me one even allegation uh, of sexual abuse whatsoever outside of uh, some woman falsely saying that I made some comments to her at a, at a, uh, a state convention, which has already been completely proven false to the point of where they had to actually issue a public apology. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to see any, any of that evidence at all in fact I, I put out on my twitter last night i'll pay anybody a hundred bucks they can find if they can find the woman that he's talking about from the oklahoma state convention in 2018 that said i was grabbing her butt please i will give you a hundred dollars if you can find that woman right now she has to be on the sign-in sheet from the convention and and i'll give you a hundred bucks but because she doesn't the, exist uh, the the convention that the lp chair himself said like yeah i don't i don't know who this guy is and i don't remember him being there well, that was actually, actually, that was the uh, past state chair of Oklahoma. Her name is Erin Adams. That's a woman, by the way. And uh, she's one of my, she's one of my best friends. And we spent almost that whole day side by side. I mean, legitimately, uh, you know, and, and I actually chaired that convention. I actually oh, wow. uh, officiated that convention. I showed up to the Oklahoma State Convention um, and I was standing outside by Adam Kokesh's bus. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. No one was even there yet. And, you know, I, of course I'm wearing a suit and tie and stuff because I'm, I'm campaigning for chair. And uh, Aaron Adams runs out of the building. She goes, hey, uh, you're going to chair this convention. I was like, I've never chaired a convention before. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not easy. There's rules. You have to follow these Robert, the Robert's Rules of Order and then there's a process and you have to do everything the correct way. And um, I kind of, I, I understood it. I had been reading Robert's. I, I had been to some conventions, but I had never actually uh, officiated at a convention before. And she's like, she's like, listen, man, because uh, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. She's like, listen, man, do you want to be the fucking chair of this party or not? <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. And she's like, then you get your ass in there and you chair this convention. And I was like, okay, cool. And so That's the funny thing is like, ass. oh, it was a kick in the ass. You know, I had to tie, I had to tie my tie up. So I spent the entire <laughs> convention in front of the room, in front of the room. Everybody saw me there. Literally everybody that was at the convention was watching and listening to me. And wow. this one guy is saying that I was grabbing somebody's ass. No, that didn't happen. Cool. A, a side note as well as uh, there was three censure motions brought up that I, I, I presided over. One of them was a Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, uh, which passed unanimously to censure Joe Exotic during his uh, his governor or gubernatorial race in Oklahoma. So yeah. I actually presided over the censure of the, the Tiger King. Uh, and Netflix never reached out to me. Uh, I don't know why, but you know, you don't seem okay. better. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that's, that's okay. I'll be okay. I'm not jealous at all, but, um, yeah, it, the, no, the, but the there's plenty of witnesses. There's plenty yeah, of witnesses I mean, the whole, to say there was 200 people watching me from their yeah. chairs. I mean the whole, the whole day. And then at the end there was a dinner, right. And I was actually the speaker at the dinner 
So I spoke in front of the entire people during dinner. Uh, and he says that I was holding a beer in one hand. I never even had a beer at that convention. Uh, in fact, I brought a uh, fireball party or fireball, fireball party bucket, you know, the bucket with all the little bottles. Yeah, for, for all, Yeah, for all the people to drink. I never even had a beer. So he's lying about my drink of choice. He's lying about my actions. I mean, he's just, the guy doesn't make any sense. And um, anytime you ask him for proof on Twitter, he, he blocks you. So and he, call, I mean, yeah, that, and he calls you an idiot and he says, I provided proof. You're just too stupid to see it. I mean, hell, his personal friends, this part was funny for me. The, his personal friends have reached out to him publicly and said, hey, man, you should cool it. Um, you're not really providing any evidence and this is getting in some legal gray area. And he tells, he, I think one of the quotes was, um, fuck off, I don't need you. Like, right. Wow. Oh, he's man. gone far behind. He's gone behind far beyond gray area. That's that's what he doesn't understand is, you know, it is really hard to prove a defamation case until you've made it very clear, very clear that you don't care about the truth and yeah. you're doing it with malicious and you're doing it with malicious intent. And he's made it very clear. I mean, I have plenty of screenshots. He's made it very clear that he doesn't care about the truth and he's doing it with malicious intent. I mean, it would be an open and shut libel case. Am I reading some of those? I, I we tried to look it up in uh, the account that uh, I went on that recently got deleted. I'll, I'll, read you, I'll read you a couple of my favorites here. Let's okay. see. Uh, Rip Pete Quinones, by the way, uh, his account got deleted again. That's what we were going to go yeah. off of. Yeah, that sucks, man. He's, uh, he's such a cool guy, too. I, I wish that Yeah. Uh, they just leave. Leave Pete Quinones alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've this is the this is the meme about the convention. I've okay. witnessed Josh feeling up a lady's ass at the Oklahoma convention. She kept walking away, and he would meander over to her again, put his hand on her waist, and work his way down while holding a beer in his other hand. She was scared. Um, and then the funny thing was, I texted right after that is when I texted the state chair. And uh, let's see, I said uh, I sent her the screenshot. I said, "Do you remember this? I feel like I would remember this." She's like, I don't know. We were together most of the time. So, or she's like, I don't. And we were together most of the time. So I said, hmm, seems weird. And she's all, I don't even think he was at the convention. I said, in 2018, I thought he was. She said, he might have been for a minute in 2018, but I don't remember him ever being at any convention. In fact, he didn't sign the uh, sign-up sheet. So he wasn't there. Damn. So, I mean, then, like, if, 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 okay. If, uh, According to his story, you you felt of a woman, but basically you're around this person, your friend, the entire time. So it would have been her, but you didn't, and she's like, I don't know what's going on, and I don't know why this guy is talking. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. Oh yeah, and there's I mean, there's so many more too. Like, it's infuriating when friends fall for their BS, but it really it's really entertaining to watch the Mises crowd of Dave and Josh Smith lose their minds when we call out their racism and bigotry. Uh, every time they belittle women or excuse Josh's sexual and financial predatory lifestyle, every time they comprise with build the wall racists because they want to virtue signal about being anti-war instead of being principled in both issues. Oh my God. It's quite oh, yeah. clear. I forgot how clearly, this all started. Oh yeah. It's quite clearly stated. He's a racist, dumbass character matters. You can virtue signal all you want about ending the wars, but you're just a keyboard warrior. I've done the work. I ran for office. I've been out, I've been out in the cold protesting. I've been overseas. Uh, I mean, he just, he goes on and on and on about us being racist and, and oh, uh, a sexual predator. Uh, how does calling out Josh as a predator equate to being a neocon? What? Like, 
and and it just doesn't make any sense. Let's because see. Here's he said, like because he said that he would rather back a president who would continue the wars, slaughtering children in the Middle East, rather than fucking like, ah, like yeah. that's how this all started. So, yeah, that's then, why you're a fucking then, neocon, yeah, dude. Yeah, he'd rather have a he'd rather have a president that would continue slaughtering people in the Middle East than have a president that doesn't want his uh, daughter to date outside of a race, which is just hilarious to me. Because first of all, race the which, which race was not even used in this hypothetical, right? And 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 I'll take a guy that wants his daughter to date inside her own race over a guy that wants to continue wars in the Middle East any day of the week and twice on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm sorry, and and you know I'm not a racist person. If you think I'm a racist, fuck you. But I am saying that I would rather have somebody who doesn't want his daughter to date outside of their race than somebody who's going to continue to, to kill countless innocents in the Middle East. Absolutely, 100%, without question. I would not have had to hesitate on that, on that question. Be, you have to be a neocon to hesitate on that question. You know? I mean, you can even break this hypothetical down. Like, just for a fucking thought, like, a, like a, a, what is it, a thought experiment. One... That guy doesn't own his daughter. So, like, yeah, if that's your preference, he she could still say fuck you and, and date and marry outside her race. Like, who cares? Number two, it is it is a like he his his defense was, well, if he's racist, he's probably gonna continue the wars. That's not what the hypothetical said. The hypothetical said he will end the wars, but this is his preference, versus I will continue the wars in the Middle East, but I'm not racist, pinky swear. Like Dude, seriously, one, it's a hypothetical. Like, this is the parameters of the hypothetical. Two, you're seriously saying that you want to stop the war or you want to keep continue the wars in the Middle East? Like, and, and virtue signal? Like, for no reason? That's the whole thing behind the Libertarian Party and the fucking wars. Like, that is the whole, like, that is, like, do on the docket number one, is it not? Yeah, I mean, it should, it should be. But, but the Blue Pill Libertarians... They don't. They don't even talk about the wars almost at all. I mean, it's always some social justice woke fucking Olympics, as opposed to hey, the Federal Reserve and and endless wars and the drug wars. What's causing this shit? You know what I mean? Like this. This talk about fucking zoning laws. Okay, you know what I mean? Like talk about anything other than oh, social justice, fucking egalitarianism. Like none of that exists, dude. It's the government that's creating these issues, and it has been since our inception as a, as a country, and you're completely forgetting about all those things to, to, to join some social justice Olympics, right? It's, it, the, the, the wars are killing brown people overseas all the time, way more than the police are killing people here in the United States. I mean, I'm not saying that's not an issue, it's still an issue, but it's, it's the biggest, if you wanna talk about social justice, the biggest so pressing social justice issue in our time is constant endless war overseas. Um, and, and the Federal Reserve, you know, creating this, this inflation and making, uh, taking away, you know, you want to talk about the, the black community's purchasing power, point to the Federal Reserve, point to the, to this, the, the disease itself, not just the symptoms. And, um, and I think that they've, they've, for, they've forgotten about that. They've become so blue-pilled that they have forgotten about that. And it's, it's really kind of a stain on libertarianism. It's really kind of, uh, you know, making people think that we're something we're not. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why they hate us, because we're trying to we're trying to bring it back to what it actually is, you know? And so, but yeah, and, and these people, you know, they 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 work like leftists. They, they attack you personally instead of policy-wise and, and they have no understanding or, or care of what that's gonna do to your actual life, so. 
I heard a, I, I, I don't remember if I either read it or I heard it, but I, I, I saw a great quote regardless of where from, and it was that uh, these, these blue pill-minded people, that the Libertarian Party was their, like, their social club that they could go to and virtue signal, like, were even more open, like, open-minded and woke than the Democrats. And now that, now that social club is being threatened with actual change agents. And so that's why they're attacking so hard. But again, sure. and well, just I've talked about, well, I've talked about it a lot. The thing is, is the Libertarian Party, it's such a small pond. You know, we, we have 20,000 national members. I mean, people know like national members all over the country, right? And and you see them online and you, you their voices are really big. I mean, they're essentially big fish in a really small pond and they have these platforms. But if you dilute that, right? If you, if you, bring in another 20,000 libertarians to the party, it makes that pond so much bigger that their voices get smaller. It's like the Republicans. The Republicans have a lot of the same problems as the libertarians as far as intra-party bullshit. But their party's so big that there's no way you could hear about it all, right? Like uh, the the uh, Clark County, Washington uh, GOP chair was siphoning money from the, from the GOP party into his personal bank account, right? Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that happened because the party's so big that you know, what's happening in Washington in some county party is not going to be heard about in Maine or Connecticut, right? But but in the Libertarian Party, we hear about that shit. We know what's going on all the time because it's so small. And these people love that they have this big voice. They feel they feel famous, you know? They feel like they're famous people. And and uh, you take that platform from them by making the, the, the party bigger. And, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, they realize they're probably just nerds who... Uh, who, who don't have a lot of influence on, on the direction of the libertarian movement. And uh, they don't want to be faced with that fact. So they're going to, they're going to fight real hard to keep that, that platform big for themselves. And, um, you know, it's really sad because this, this party could be like the, the number one driving force politically for, for freedom and, and the ideals of liberty. And uh, they try to, they, they would rather sacrifice that for their own platforms than, than to actually make a difference and make a change. And, and I mean, that's I'm what we come in and, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I thought that the the LP was like a total fucking joke up until a couple a couple weeks ago. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a month and a half ago. I I don't know. I talked to Pete. Uh, speaking of Pete, I talked to Pete and he had convinced me to join. Um, and uh, Cato, did you join? I think you, I don't remember if you joined or not. Mrs. Scott yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So like you know we we I thought like we I guess I think we both thought it was a, a complete fucking joke until uh, we saw you know, what the, what the Mises caucus was doing and, and, and wanted to provide a principled and, and radical messaging to the party. Um, I mean, it was just very weak and like, I don't know. I always thought that it was kind of an advertisement and then that, and then once people were sucked into like a, a diluted messaging from the, from the party, then, you know, the, the, the community, the Liberty community, not the party could take them and like, Hey, this is a better way. Here you go. But like, you know, now that there's principle minded people taking over the party, I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to, I'm not going to say it's going to change anything, but it'll definitely make us more, uh, it'll, be, it'll help with recruitment. I'm, I mean, I don't know. No, and I agree. You know, I think, I think that principles matter. Uh, I think philosophy matters. I, I think activism matters and, um, you know, if, if you're going to stifle all that stuff uh, in, in, in hopes of political relevance, you're going to lose, you know, and, and, and the Libertarian Party has shown that for the last, uh, I don't know, decade, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
it's you're going to lose. You're going to keep losing, and, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You don't sacrifice your principles for for political outcome because they they already have two big parties like that. They have the Republicans and the Democrats who who don't care about principles, who only care about winning, who have become such tribalistic chess beating team sport uh, participants that it, it, they can't even call out their own politicians' bullshit anymore because they just don't care. Um, and we're the one alternative to that. We're the alternative that that says, hey, we're principled. We're always going to be principled. We're always going to take a stand against the uh, the overreach of the omnipotent state. You know and and. Uh, you know, you kind of get into the weeds when you stop doing that. And it's like, who, well, who, what, who are we, you know, what, what image do we reflect? And, and that's, that's what you hear a lot around the country is you guys are a joke. It's, it's true. As long as we're, uh, you know, forcing principle down in the hopes of political relevance, we are a joke. And that's absolutely the truth. Um, it's, it's hard to hear, it's especially hard to hear from a guy like me, who's, you know, uh, put so much into the movement, put so much into the party and traveled, you know, to 40 states over the last four years and sacrificed a lot of my personal life to, to try and grow the movement. It hurts to hear, but um, there's a lot of good people that are coming in that, that feel the same way as me. And it's, it's exciting to see. And I hope that, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to, we're going to make the difference that we're trying to make. Do you, uh, do you think that, do you think that as you guys grow, that the blue pills will get more aggressive? Oh yeah. Yeah. And they have, you know, over the last four years, they have, I mean, that's, you know, they've gone from scoffing to fighting and uh, you know, the next step is winning. I mean, that's really it. You know, first, first they, they, you know, ignore you, then they fight you and then you win. And, and they know, they know that, that their time's up. They know that they've had this party for long enough. They know that they, they were in, unsuccessful and they see that we can be successful and it scares them. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're all going to be racist. We're all going to be Nazis. They're going to find ways to call all kinds of people, all kinds of stuff until they are insignificant. And that's, that's what's coming. That's the end goal is you're going to be so insignificant that all of your constant flailing no longer matters. So what do you call a win? When do you declare victory? Uh, I think a win for us is, is going to look like uh, we, we got rid of the embarrassing party leadership members. I really, you know, I, I think that it's, this all starts with party leadership, you know, Nick, Nick Sarwark trashing Fucking Tom joke. Woods. Yeah. He, he was trashing Tom Woods, trashing Dave Smith, trashing Ron Paul. I mean, these are our political heroes. These are our ideological heroes. These, you know, I, I, I understand that hero worship is not cool, but these are the people who have laid the, the, the blueprint, the groundwork for what we're trying to accomplish, and you're attacking those people. Fuck you, war, right? Like that's yeah. that's where we're going. Yeah. And uh, and you know, when I started running in 2018 for chair, that was a direct result of that. You know, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to see a chairman of this party attacking these big name libertarians that have laid the ideological groundwork for what we're trying to do politically. And so, you know, Joe Joe is a nice guy, the, the current chair, Joe Bishop Hinchman, but he's still he's still very blue pilled. He's still very in line with that pragmatic, let's sacrifice principle for political expediency type of thinking. And I refuse to deal with that. So when we get that out of there and we have a chairman and we have a board that is geared heavy towards being principled and using that for political expediency, that's when I'll start to to understand our success more. Um, and then, you know, obviously to me as a, as a party guy, I want to see us win elections, but I think we do that by having a party that people are proud to run under, you know? And so it all starts with the party leadership. And I think, 
you know, there's a few states that need the same thing. The Nevada state party for sure needs some help. Uh, if you're in Nevada and you're, you're a hardcore libertarian, please, please get a hold of the Nevada Mises caucus. They need all the help they can get. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that changing party leadership to a more libertarian minded board is when I will, when our wins will really start happening. I mean, do you think that the, the government would allow us to win? I mean, let's be honest. Um, it's a rigged game, you know? Uh, oh no, no, they're, they're not going to allow us to win. And, and that's why we have to grow. There's so many more libertarians in this country than what the party represents. Um, I think at some point we can get big enough to where the government can no longer stifle us. I think the media will, will have to stop blacklisting us. Um, and that's when things can start to change, but it's, it's a, it's a, a slow increase. And, and if we're, if we just scoff at it all the time and don't do it, nothing's ever going to change anyways, you know? And so, um, for me, that's, I want to see that change happen politically. I want to see that. I want to see the cathedral beat to hell. You know, I think um, a lot of people don't understand that it's not just the politicians, it's the media, it's big tech, corporate, corporate tech people. It's right. a lot of these people are working in unison together. That's what we call the, the cathedral. They're working in unison together to, to keep their own uh, way of life safe. And I think that we have to make them uncomfortable at all costs and I think we, I think we can do that on the political stage. It's just going to take a lot more help than what we have now. I mean, we're seeing them uncomfortable now. I, I, I'm afraid to see them afraid. Um, I mean, you, we have people getting to platform left and right. We see people getting arrested for jokes and for memes, and we're seeing people. Um, I mean, I, I know that a lot of uh, people from the community were going around protecting businesses and protecting protesters from police uh, this past summer, and we're seeing them getting arrested now. Um, I'm nervous to see how the cathedral reacts to the Libertarian Party getting, like, getting actual power and gaining actual traction. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, th I think it'll get ugly for a while, for sure. <clears throat> you know, I think, uh, and we already know that there's no, there's no length that the cathedral won't go to to try and stop you. I mean, it, 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 we're sure that that means murder and, and whatever else, you know, they're, they're not afraid to do that kind of stuff. So it's going to take some big voices standing up and, and going against that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to do it. I know people like Dave Smith isn't afraid to do it. Uh, Scott Horton. Um, and I think, I think that, uh, you know, with the right leaders and, and the right movement behind you, they're, they're not going to be able to stop us. I really believe that. And, you you going to try um, to run again as chair? I am. I, I announced uh, about two months ago that I'm running again. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So that's, uh, when is, when is the next chair election? Uh, that will be at the national convention in 2022, July of 2022 at, okay. uh, the golden nugget in Reno, Nevada. So it's going to be a blast. It's going to be probably a really fun national convention in, in, uh, Reno, which is kind of like small, dirty Vegas. I call it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who so, are you going so, against? Are you, are you going against, uh, uh, I think Angela, what's her name? Angela Merkel? Yeah, Angela McArdle is also McArdle. from the caucus. We're both we're both Mises caucus people. And then uh, Joe Bishop Hinchman has not yet stated that he's going to run again. I imagine that he may. Uh, but I think that I, there's a couple other people I got my eye on that I think may step up and run too that we don't want to win. But um, definitely, I'm the, I'm the, me and Angela are the only ones that have announced and we're both Mises caucus people. So that's going to be interesting. Um, Do you think that I love your chances? 
I mean, it does, you know, the, the, the chair election uh, is multi-round voting. So if no candidate gets over 50% on the first ballot, it goes to a second ballot and the lowest vote getter drops off. So, I mean, regardless, it's not going to hurt us one way or the other. You know, one of us, you know, say Joe Bishop Hinchman gets uh, 20% and I get 25% and, and Angela gets 30 something percent or, you know, then Joe would drop off and it'd just be head, uh, head, like heads up between me and Angela, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's perfect for me. You know, if, if me or Angela are the chair of the party, I'll be happy either way. So. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. Let's, uh, let's go back to that, uh, that lawsuit. Um, you're getting, so I didn't know you were getting some heat for that lawsuit. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's been quite. I mean, it, they're mostly only haters to people who already had a lot of bad stuff to say about me. Anyways, you know, well, Murray Rothbard said that you can't, you know, you can't sue people for defamation. Defamation, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I love Murray. You know, Murray's one of the reasons I'm a libertarian. But uh, you know, it's not like I agree with 100% of every single thing he's ever said. And you know, I gotta I gotta work within the legal bounds of the system that I presented with currently. And so that's what I'm gonna do. You know. Right. I tweeted out earlier that. Um... You know, in in a in a perfect in a perfect world in the society that we want, that man, uh, he dishonored you. He threatened your honor, and you in 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 a perfect world, you should duel him, and someone ends up dead or 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 injured, uh, yeah. and and then you you walk away, and that's that. But uh, you know, if you do that now, you'll have a uh, police at your door because you can't you can't get away with that shit. I mean, unless, you know, you have connections, but you can't get away with that shit these days. So you have to work within the boundaries of uh, a hostile environment that we all live in right now. So, I, I mean, right. I don't understand the, uh, like, I get living by principles, but I don't get, I have, like, everything has to be in the, in the boundaries of philosophical principle. Uh, right. Uh, you know, th like, the world is not going to cave in to your principles so you have to kind of like i don't know adjust and and press on i i don't know how I, what do you think i i don't i don't get i agree i think i think that at some sometimes we have to work within the the bounds of what we're given and you know i try to stay as principled as i can in my in my day to day life but i pay taxes too you know what i mean because i want to own shit i want to buy you know buy a house for my six kids and 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 buy cars and, and do things that you know normal people do it's it's like it's like when we're talking about agorism i i respect and envy greatly people who are able to live a completely agorist lifestyle. I can't, you know, I have kids, I have uh, responsibilities that I can't attain through uh, just completely opting out of the tax system, right? So uh, I have to do what I have to do to, to live within the certain bounds of, of current society. And, um, you know, when somebody's, when somebody's threatening my, my livelihood, when somebody's threatening my family relationships and my, and my personal relationships, threatening my, my goals and dreams and aspirations as a person, and the only, the only two options I'm given are beat the shit out of this person <laughs> or, or sue them, I'm going to take the suing option. I, I, trust me, I would love to fight any of these people. I've put out a, a call to action for anybody in the loser brigade that would like to step into a cage or step into a ring and have a charity fight. I'm, I'm more than willing to do that at any point, as long as it is mutual combat. Uh, but since it's not mutual combat, because we all know Richie Castaldo doesn't want that smoke, uh, I have to use the only option that I, that I have. And that option is um, you're going to answer for, for your sins here. And uh, maybe at the end of the day, you're going to realize that you can't just go around doing those kinds of things without repercussions. And it's funny because the same people who want to chastise me over that are the same people who are like, freedom of speech means freedom of speech, not freedom from consequences. Exactly. 
Exactly. Right. You have freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want, but don't expect me to not come after you for saying those things. Right. Okay. And so, so, so that's, that's where we're at. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully these people can shut up once it's over. I don't know. I mean, know. it's like you said it, uh, you should think it's lucky stars is not in Oakland, right? You know, if you say yeah. that shit, you say that shit in prison, you catch a, you catch a, uh, a sharpened, uh, toothbrush in the gut, man. Like, you, yeah, I mean, I'm from, I'm from a place where, where you don't, you don't do things like that, man. I mean, these, these guys in Oakland, you know, I'm from, from the Oakland area and, and lived in Oakland for a long time. Uh, you, you say something like these guys are saying, these guys are saying about me and you don't, you don't, you don't get found again. <laughs> you know that's, what I mean? Yeah, that's, I, I've never heard of someone just uh, throwing that accusation out there, uh, just, you know, willy-nilly with no fucking, you know, yeah. with no with no oh, evidence. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it, it's kind of, it just, it's mind-blowing. It's it. I agree, man. And, and they're going to do what they're going to do, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And You, you think know, they're we going to keep coming after you and uh, Dave and Michael Heiss and Michael Malice after Until after someone puts a stop. Until someone puts a stop to it, yes. And so, you know, if, if I get to take up that mantle and be the guy who puts a stop to it, I'll do it. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, I have a big enough following. People are like, hey, let me throw some, some money at this, you know. And I'm like, cool, man, because it's not cheap to, to file a lawsuit, right? Yeah. And so we've already raised like 420 bucks towards this lawsuit. And it's like, that's, nice. that's totally cool. You know, I have my own money and stuff, too. And I, obviously, I'll throw down what I can. Uh, but, you know, any help we can get. I'm, I'm basically I'm, I'm picking up the sword and I'm going to war with these people who have been calling all of us Nazis for the last four years. And uh, and so, you know, if you want to support that, please do, because I don't mind being that person. Where can people uh, go to uh, donate? Uh, we've just been using the PayPal. It's the paypal.me backslash Joshua Smith 20, uh, Joshua Smith chair 2020. It's old. I got to change the link. But um, that's the one we were using on your Twitter page. Yeah, you can find it on my Twitter page. I, 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 it's actually on the website portion of my my Twitter page, which is uh, at Joshua at large is my Twitter. So, um, yeah, this was a honest. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was absolutely hilarious to use this as a uh, a recruiting opportunity for the Mises Caucus. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. The Mises Caucus monetizes the hate, right? So, like, every time one of these losers or, or nerds, like, mentions the Mises Caucus, the Mises Caucus gets, you know, 500 more bucks. I mean, literally, it's that quick. And so, uh, really, they, they help the caucus. But when they go after personal people and hurt their personal lives, it's not helpful. So, uh, but, yeah, they, the, the caucus, I mean, they, their hate funds that caucus more than more than just about anything else, really. And so it's like you guys can keep talking, but you're only you know you're 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 messing up your own ends here. <laughs> uh, do you think that Archie will ever come out with his case against the Mises Caucus? I do not. I he's do been not. he's and been talking about it for a long time. I'm excited. Yeah, and here's you know the Archie case is sad. Uh, Archie, <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I, I find it hilarious. Oh yeah, it's fine. Sure, it's funny, but for for me personally, who knows Archie personally, who's actually met Archie in person and, and talked to Archie and hung out with him, he was like he was such a, a really well balanced, like nice guy. And I don't know what happened with Dave and his uh, his debate, but he broke Archie. I mean, he literally broke Archie to the point of where it's like Archie has nothing else to do but NPC bullshit now, and it's 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 just really sad because. He used, he's a very, like, Archie's always been, like, a very principled, like, hand cap. I mean, really, you know, and, and then and then that debate, he left the caucus, and then that debate happened with Nick, and it, or with uh, Dave, and 
Archie's broken. Dave breaks these people. I mean, he really does. He broke, you know, Andy Craig makes a post about him every day. Uh, Archie can't see uh, anything that mentions Dave without call, commenting on it. I mean, he, Dave breaks these people, you know, because Dave doesn't give a shit. Dave, <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave's, Dave's the most consistent motherfucker you know for a reason because he doesn't give a shit what you think about him. He doesn't give a shit what you think about his show. He doesn't give a shit what you think about his ideolo ideology. He's going to say what he's going to say. He's the libertarian Tupac. And these people are like, no, you can't say that. And he's like, yeah, I can't fuck you, you know? And, and they're just, it just breaks them. It breaks them to a point where they can't leave him alone anymore. I feel, I almost feel bad for the guy. Like, he's going to need a fence around his house if he keeps debating people at some point, you know? But, um, he did break Senator Brakey from Maine, which is nice. And that guy, I mean, I think he really made Senator Brakey think more about the Libertarian Party and libertarianism, which is really cool. He's a really uh, nice guy. I, I listened to that debate. Yeah, Brakey is actually, uh, he's actually, he's not scheduled yet, but he's hes committed to coming on my show too. So that'll be fun. Um, and I got, I mean, I got some really great people lined up for the show. Mastre, Dave Smith, uh, Michael Bolden, uh, uh, Senator Brakey, the redheaded Libertarian. Some really, really cool people coming up so it, that's that awesome dude yeah. and where where else can the people find you well you can please subscribe to the youtube and hit that alert bell uh the youtube is is youtube.com backslash fight the despots or you can just search break the cycle with joshua smith that's the show uh we're going live on the 24th if i get these camera issues figured out hopefully uh, i don't have to delay it anymore but um the the 24th so so on wednesday evenings at 7 30 central time p.m I'll be doing solo podcast shows, uh, live streamed, and then on Fridays at the same time, we'll be doing interview shows. So I'll have a guest every Friday. Um, I may have cut like different various co-hosts throughout my my uh, my solo shows too. Um, I got a lot of people here in Iowa that would like to come and sit on the couch. It's a couch stream. I'm not doing like a desktop stream, so it actually looks pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so I think I think it's going to be a good show. And I, you know, we got about. I don't know, pushing 800 subscribers on the YouTube but with the almost 14,000 uh, followers on Twitter. I think it'll end up being a good show, and I wanted to put out a really good product. That's why I've delayed it so long. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with, I get it, man. You know, with yeah, with as many followers as I, ha I have on Twitter and had on Facebook and stuff, it, I didn't want to just, like, like I said, just set up my, my laptop on a desk in front of me and, and start talking. I wanted it to look visually good. I wanted to have really good guests lined up. I wanted to put out good content so that people don't just laugh and not watch, you know? So, yeah. All right. Kato, you got anything else for the uh, future LP chair? No, I do not. But uh, what can people a little out of the loop, kind of like me, do to support you or the Missy's caucus or the takeover that's needed for the libertarian party we'll definitely go find the libertarian party Mises caucus on facebook find them in uh you know find their website donate become a member of the caucus because that caucus uh not only do they help fund Mises back candidates which is really cool uh you know the the the, the dues goes to help delegates get to the national convention uh organizations stuff stuff that will make the difference in the libertarian party they're so important um, and becoming a member is so important for the Mises Caucus, and uh, they really are the uh, the fighting force for your ideals in the Libertarian Party. So support them at all costs. Um, for me, you know, the the same PayPal link is going to be used for my chair campaign. Obviously, I'll be doing a lot of traveling here and there while raising six kids and putting on a, a really good show for people. So um, that's you know, if you wanted to help out there, that's great. But but most importantly, is is join your state party and become a delegate to the national convention. You. The, the the libertarian party belongs to the those who show up 
you know? And so if you become a member and you show up to the national convention, you get to vote on the platforms, you get to vote on the bylaws of the party, how the, how the party operates. You get to vote on uh, party leadership come 2024. You'll get to vote on uh, the presidential uh, candidates for, for president and vice president. I mean, this, these are important things. And if you are, are one of the people who like me in the past, think the libertarian party is a joke, change the fucking thing. You have that power. You just have to step up and, and do the work. And so um, join your state party, become a delegate, come vote for me for chair in 2022 in Reno, Nevada. And uh, let's get this party to work, man. All right, man. Well, uh, thank, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate you guys. I look forward to you putting this out. Yeah. Thank you, Al. Uh, thank you all for listening. All right. Good night. Good night.